It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. So up until last Monday, those were episodes I had recorded already before the twins were born. So now, I mean, the Saturday episodes have been real time, but now the Monday episodes are back to real time and it's perfect timing because I was so eager to share what I'm going to share with you today and feeling super grateful that I didn't have to wait two months for it to air. I was trying to get ahead before the twins were born, but then, of course, they came over three months early, and so <laughs> I was ahead. I just, uh, I I had intended to get through at least December, hopefully January, before they were born, but when they decided to come over three months early, that just didn't happen. So here we are, and I'm glad that we are here. I'm going to dive right in. I don't think this will be a super long episode, but it's one, like I said, that I just have been itching to share with you. As you know, because I've talked about it on the Saturday episodes, now that the twins are a couple months old, I'm gearing myself into a fat loss phase. I, of course, have weight to lose from the pregnancy, but also from my pregnancy with Roe, because he's only, what, 16, 17 months old, uh, and my pregnancy from Dagny, which was immediately before my pregnancy with Roman. And there are a few things that I have heard recently that I bring my attention to when I need to shift my behavior, right? I think whether it's related to my fat loss pursuit or it's related to being productive with my time or it's related to pushing myself in my business or achieving financial goals, We all have these moments, I know I do on a regular basis, where we just don't feel like doing the work. And in those moments, it's important to have tools in your toolbox, arrows in your quiver that help you get to a place of, all right, I'm going to do it. Maybe I don't really want to, but I'm still going to. I feel more equipped. For the longest time in my life, I just floundered in those times when I didn't do the work, when I didn't want to do the work. I didn't have the tools or I wasn't using the tools. I think there was a little bit of both to check myself in those moments of I don't want to. 
And that's why I struggled for so long. And that's where I find so many people that I'm working with struggling is either not having the tools or not using the tools in those moments where I'm doubting myself or I'm throwing a pity party or I feel like I can't do it. What's the point in trying? Or I just don't really care, you know? So today I want to share with you three new to me tools, things that I've been exposed to in just the last couple of weeks that I am turning to in these moments and finding them to be extremely effective for resetting my mind and getting me to align my behavior with what I want most, align my choices with what I want most. And interestingly, all three came from the same exact source. And don't be freaked out when I tell you what it is, because again, these are things that I use to help me use my time more wisely, to help me make better food choices, to get me out to the gym to work out when I really don't feel like it and I'd rather go to bed or sit and watch TV, all that. I have been spending about five hours in the car, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more every single day. And the reason for that is the twins are still in the NICU in Boston. And while we intended to stay in Boston for the duration of their stay, the place that we were staying in, while the location was really amazing and convenient, there were some problems with the apartment itself, water damage and suspected mold. And so we had to leave. Now we are, I am, not we, I am commuting to the girls. uh, And with traffic, it can take two to three hours one way. uh, And I do that every day. So I have a lot of time to listen to things. And I listen to books and I listen to some podcasts. And on two different days, I listen to sermons, both Elevation Church sermons, Pastor Stephen Furtick, shout out, not like he would ever listen to this podcast, but you know, hey, if he ever did, know that uh, what I heard impacted me far beyond the spiritual realm because these I'm not using these things in this context in any kind of religious capacity. So if you're like, oh God, it's going to be a Christian episode. Not really. That's what initially inspired me, but I'm using them in a different way. And I love when that happens. I love when I can read something about money and it helps me with food. Or in this case, read something about spirituality and it helps me in my business and it helps me with my health and it helps me in my marriage and all these other things. Like, yes, please. That's efficient, right? (laughs) It's so efficient to be looking to improve one thing and benefit from it in so many other ways. So let me tell you the first one. Basically, he was describing that if you, he was trying to make the point that you can't just pray on Sunday mornings and then expect to have your head right all week long. And the example that he gave, I think he was saying that he had shared this with one of his kids. You don't get in the car to drive and set the wheel straight and then just go straight, right? You are constantly having, even if you're on a straightaway on the highway, you're constantly making these tiny corrections, right? You have to be in constant contact, even if it appears that you're trying to stay in the same direction. So the equivalent would be when I journal in the morning, 
I'm setting my attention. And so long as I keep moving forward, shouldn't it just stay there? No, you have to be in constant contact. And so he was describing the fact that we can't think that five minutes of prayer in the morning or getting in the car and setting it on a straight course and then taking your hands off the wheel is going to be sufficient. The same thing is true with your attention on your goals or your attitude or your mindset. I hear so often from people that they have great clarity in the morning and they have clear intentions for the rest of their day. They know what they're going to do and how they're going to execute. And then it's like they go on autopilot and they don't end up following through and they wonder why. Because they're not in constant contact with those goals and those reasons and that course. And I love that because I, too, tend to be most clear at the beginning of the week or the beginning of the day. And if I don't stay in constant contact, not literally every single second, but in contact throughout the day with those objectives, with those intentions, with those aspirations, then by the end of the day, I'm far from where I hoped I would end up. And that is a very frustrating feeling. Just like I get in the car to go to Boston and I am more or less in constant contact with the steering wheel, not always making big adjustments, but just guiding it along that path, I have to do the same thing with my attitude. I shared years ago in the podcast that I had these affirmations. And when people listen to that episode, they'll often say to me, well, I I have my affirmations and I review them in the morning, but what do I need to do to keep them top of mind throughout the day? Well, as silly as it sounds, you need to keep them top of mind throughout the day to keep them top of mind throughout the day. And that means reading them, listening to them, reciting them throughout the day. It's the same thing with our goals. So I use my Changemakers journal every morning and every evening, okay? But that is not sufficient. It is not sufficient for me to open it up and say, Let me go to today's page just for clarity. I'm the kind of person who doesn't rush, is fully present, takes impeccable care of myself, is patient with my time, does things well, doesn't cut corners. It's not sufficient for me to have clarity on that in the morning and then not revisit it again. I have to keep that top of mind. And how do I do that? By putting it in front of of my face. The strategy that I used to use for affirmations is a strategy that I'm returning now to for these goals and these these descriptors of who and how I want to be. I had a note card that had my affirmations. This goes back to like 2014. And I had a copy in my purse and a copy on the dash of my car and a copy on my desk and a copy on the vanity in my bathroom and all of these different places. And honestly, I am in need of that in a different way now. So I have created a list of just 
three reminders of who and how I want to be, as well as three primary goals that I'm working towards right now. And I did the exact same thing. I have them in the notes app of my phone. I have them saved as an image on my phone that's in my favorites folder. So it's easy to find. I don't know about you, but if I don't put it in my favorites folder on my phone, it's like never going to be found. Too many pictures, especially with the babies. I have a copy in my backpack, in my nursing bag. I got a bag that I bring to and from the hospital that I pump with and whatnot. And I am intentional. It's not just having them in all of these places. I am intentional about reviewing it. As TMI as this might be, I have a copy in the vanity in my bathroom And if I'm going to go to the bathroom, I'll grab it. And instead of scrolling Instagram and Facebook at that time, I will revisit my goals and these statements about who and how I want to be. It takes me less than a minute. So there's still time to scroll on my phone if I want to scroll on my phone. And it is just that constant contact that we need. You can do this for your marriage. You can do this for money. You can do this for work objectives. You can do this for... Uh, health and fitness and nutrition and fat loss and all of these things. But the bottom line is you need to be in constant contact with your objectives and your goals. And that has just been hugely helpful for me. I'm saving the best one for last. So don't tune out and get distracted because I'm saving the one that I love and find the most helpful for last. But this big, this first one is a big one for me. Okay. The second thing Stephen Furtick said, uh, well, and I don't think he exactly, maybe he did say exactly this. I might have taken some liberties with it when I made a note as I heard it, but I don't remember. Doesn't matter. The inspiration originally came from the sermon. He said, the hard part isn't getting it in your heart. It's getting it in your head. And he was talking about like the Holy Spirit and all those things. But it's so true for just about everything else. The hard part isn't getting the goal in your heart. I've had those emotional aspirations so many times. For decades, I had this emotional longing, this deep, 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 deep thing in my heart to be healthy and lose weight. But in my head, the decision maker, the thinking brain was, I'll start tomorrow. This one thing won't hurt, right? What I wanted, what I longed for was weight loss. But my head was, I don't want to miss out on this thing that looks really good. This one thing won't hurt. I've been so good. Really doesn't matter anyway. I have so far to go. That was in my head. I've had points, I I talk a lot about marriage because it's just something that I think I'm not, uh, it's not a a strength for me, the the prioritization, the relationships. I'm an introvert. I'm a big time introvert. And I also didn't see a whole lot of healthy relationships growing up. So because I know that, I think I'm just very aware of the room for improvement there. And the hard part is not having in your heart 
the desire for a great marriage. The hard part is getting it in your head because your head is that rational brain that says, like, well, he deserves it or I don't care or giving yourself the out intellectually rationalizing your behavior, his behavior, the circumstances, this, that, and the other thing. The hard part is not getting it in your heart. It's getting it in your head. This is why in the consistency course, if it was a drinking game to drink every single time I talk about becoming a better thinker, (laughs) we'd be in trouble. We'd all be in trouble. Big trouble. Lots of trouble. We wouldn't know we'd be in trouble because we'd be three sheets to the wind, 20 sheets to the wind. This is what it means to become a better thinker. The goal, it's there. It's clear. You've got it. But your head, that rational brain that you're using irrationally oftentimes to talk yourself into what you want in a moment and talk yourself out of what you don't want in a moment, that discipline, that willpower, that follow through, that consistency, it's getting your head right that is the work we have to do, which again is why 98% of the work that I do is in helping people become a better thinker because until you rationally, logically use your mind to your benefit instead of to your detriment, you're just going to stay stuck, right? So many of us know what we want, know why we want it, want it really bad, but we're using our big powerful brain to talk us out of it to give ourselves an excuse instead of using that big powerful brain for follow through and for consistency and for overcoming those excuses, right? We've, we've, we've got it backwards. So this reminder, hey, it's about getting it in your head. It's about getting your head right. Is so powerful to me because w- when I've been using it recently in moments where I'm like, I don't care, I'm too tired, it doesn't matter, I've got bigger things going on, I ask myself, is my head right? And the answer is no every single time, but sometimes I just need to recognize that, that hey, the way you're thinking about this right now is the very problem. Sometimes I think the problem is that I'm tired, but it's not. The problem is not that I'm tired. The problem is how I'm thinking about the situation. Yes, I'm tired, but when, I'm, when my mind is right, when I'm thinking about it right, I realize that being tired is the reason to eat well, is the reason to avoid sugar, is the reason to get the workout in, right? Is the reason to stay off the couch. Are you thinking right? Is your head right? Pastor Furtick talks about uh, how we have this saying, and I think as soon as I start to say it, people will do what they did for him, and they'll finish the sentence because, well, no, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, right? But what's really more true, that's my story and I'm stuck in it. You're sticking to it, sure, you're stuck in it. The story of this one thing won't hurt, I'll start tomorrow. We have to extricate ourselves from these narratives that suck, that aren't mature, that aren't rational, that aren't aligned with who we want to be and how we want to be and where we want to go and how we're going to get there. 
So the way I've been using that is, am I stuck in a story right now? And the answer is yes, a lot of times. But the awareness of, of, oh, oh, okay, I do have this kind of pity party story that's not the only story that's not going to get me where I want to go. It's just a viewpoint. It helps me say, okay, what else is possible? So unrelated, but, but a good demonstration of what it's like to be stuck in a story. Have you ever accidentally sent a text to the wrong person? Like you meant to send it, send it to your spouse about somebody else, but you actually sent it to the person that it was about? Oops, I've done that. It's the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> and it happened to me the other day. I was uh, in a group text with a couple of people. And somebody in the group text sent a message inside the group text about me, but it was intended for the other person and not intended for me. And instantly I got tense, right? And I, I reached out, my sister was one of the people in there, and I reached out to my husband, and I reached out to my sister, and after a few minutes I said, I'm seeing this through a perspective, through a lens, through a filter of being highly hormonal and overtired. And I think that if it weren't for being really tired and wired and just overstimulated from everything that's been happening in my life in the past couple months, this would be a non-thing, right? But because of all these other things, this pokes at me and makes me mad and makes me defensive and makes me want to fight. But I know that I'm feeling that way because I'm tired and over-emotional and hormonal and, you know, all of these things. What that allowed me to do was step back enough to say, okay, I feel this, this is real because I am hormonal and I am tired. Like, this is my feeling. This is in my body. This is in my mind. This is in my heart. But it's also not the only possible way to perceive it or to respond to it. And that's the power of recognizing when you're in a story. There's a couple people that reach out to me fairly often, either through social or because they're clients. And they always have the same story of like, life is so crazy right now. Or, you know, I'm dealing with this thing or this condition or this you're stuck in your story. And so everything you're looking at is through that filter and through that lens. And it's not the only one available to you. I write about, I, I could talk about this for a million years. I'm not going to, I want to move on to the third one that's helping me the most, but know that one of my favorite chapters in Tools for the Trenches is about this very thing. So if anything I'm saying kind of resonates with you and you want more clarity, more coaching, read tools for the trenches because I talk about this a lot. Okay, this is my favorite one. I don't even remember the context. Obviously, it was a sermon, so some biblical context. 
I got the chills when he said, you're so distracted by what you're walking into that you forgot what you're walking in with. You're so distracted by what you're walking into that you forgot what you're walking in with. And it bowled me over because the first thing I thought of, not the last thing, but the first thing I thought of was the first couple days after the twins were born. It was bad. And when I say it was bad, I mean that it didn't look like they were going to survive, either one of them. And I had so much fear around going into their room. And I went in, right? I mean, Chris would load me up in the wheelchair because I just had a C-section. So walking legal risk-wise, I couldn't yet walk up and down the halls uh, into the elevator and to another floor. They wanted me to be in a wheelchair. And Chris would wheel me down and I'd bring my little bits of milk that I that had started to come in and I was so focused on what I was walking into that I forgot what I was walking in with and in this context which again is just the first way I thought of it I'm going to tell you some ways that I've thought about it subsequently But what I was walking in with, and I don't even want to get too lost in it because that's not what I want to share in terms of how I'm using this uh, related to other goals. But it bowled me over because I'm walking in with the gift of twins that I believe in my heart is for me and for this time. Like, I believe that. I believe that since I found out it was twins. I'm walking in with a God I trust, which is hard, right? Because my first daughter died. And so it's hard for me sometimes to be like, well, why can I, how can I believe that he would spare Piper and Charlie, but not Dagny and whatever, That's a conversation for another day. But I just felt so empowered by that. We can't be so distracted by what we're walking into that we forget what we're walking in with. And then my second thought was... People who freak out as we go into this time of year with there's Halloween candy all over the grocery store and then there's holiday parties and there's this and there's that and how am I going to get through the holiday season? Don't be so distracted by what you're walking into that you forget what you're walking in with. You are walking in with strong conviction, with many reasons, with many strong reasons for what you want. You are walking in with way more power in your body, in your mind, in your experience, in your heart, in your goals, in your desires, then whatever could confront you. 
I have been using this when I feel overwhelmed by the things I need to do because my time is uh, challenging right now. I get up around 4.30 in the morning. I'm out the door before five o'clock to drive to the hospital. Like I said, two, two and a half hours there and it can be more when traffic's a bitch. And then you know, I'm spending a few hours with the girls, sometimes more than two, two and a half hours drive home, sometimes more. Then when I get home, I'm like, like I've missed so much with Roman and I'm really invested in the time with Roman until he goes to bed. And when he goes to bed, I'm exhausted, but that's my opportunity to do any work, get a workout in. My house is a disaster. I'm trying to prepare things for when the girls come home. And sometimes when I sit down to work, I feel really overwhelmed by just this season that I'm in where <laughs> it feels like it's piling up. And I can't be so distracted by what I'm walking into that I forget what I'm walking in with. I have a great capacity to focus, and so do you. I might not always use it, but I have a strong and powerful brain. And so do you. I have a willingness and an ability to solve problems. And so do you. But if I'm so distracted by what I'm walking into that I forget what I'm walking in with. And sometimes I feel that way when I, when I get home from the hospital you know, I'm like, is Roman going to be going down for a nap? Is he going to have had a crappy nap? He wasn't feeling well a couple weeks ago, so he was like super fussy. And then is Chris going to be in a good mood? And is he going to want to go out and do something? Or am I going to have some flexibility? Like, what, what am I walking into? Don't be so distracted by what I'm walking into that I forget what I'm walking in with. And that is the number one priority in my life of my family. And knowing that I set the tone in my home and I want it to be light and easy and joyful. Same thing when I go into my gym to work out. I recently kind of turned my office into a little gym. It's a disaster right now, but eh, it'll get there someday. Someday when I have time. Not today. And being heavier than I want to be, plus, you know, the third C-section in three years. And uh, the week leading up to the twins delivery was really hard on my body. And I went through some pretty tough stuff that sometimes when I walk into workout, I'm thinking about <laughs> what am I walking into? Like my body is just not the same. My fitness is not the same. My strength and my stamina are not the same. But let me not be so distracted by what I'm walking into that I forget what I'm walking in with. Again, determination, so many reasons, many strong reasons. If you have not listened to episode 903 a hundred times, what are you doing? I love that one. Don't be so distracted by what you're walking into that you forget what you're walking in with. Which of the three resonates with you most? And here's the thing to remember. You got to use it for it to do anything for you. You know, it's not enough to just hear it and be like, oh, 
Yes, that speaks to me. Now you got to use it. I have to use it. We have to put these things into action, which is a very, very, very different thing, a very different undertaking than hitting play on a podcast while you're driving to work, you know? So challenge yourself and I will challenge myself to take that next step from just hearing something and actually put it into action. On that note, I got to run. Because, <laughs> you know, this time it's precious and so is yours. I'll chat with you soon. Have a good one. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.